Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast that discusses a variety of mental illnesses that peg those in society today. The Millennial Illness Podcast is meant to spread love and awareness. It's meant to build connections, get rid of stigmas, and most importantly, it's meant to create a sense of unity through vulnerability. Vulnerability creates connections, and connections show us we aren't alone. I'm Camille, your host, and can't wait to build a connection with you today. Disclaimer, on today's podcast, we are going to be discussing suicidal ideation. If this topic is triggering to you, please join us on the next podcast. With that being said, if you or someone you know has expressed feelings and thoughts regarding suicide or plans of suicide, please love them and always know there is someone there to help. For those that don't know, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24 hours a day and can be reached by dialing 800-273-8255. Again, that's 800-273-8255. I love you. You aren't alone. And there is more meant for your story. To say the last few months have been interesting is the understatement of the century. In the last few months, I've spiraled more than I ever thought I could, which is surprising because I thought I had spiraled a lot. I felt more empty than I have before, and due to this, I lacked any sort of desire to come on a podcast to talk about the good in mental health, because honestly, it seemed as though there wasn't any. How could I preach about working through mental health and tough moments with the brain when I myself was barely holding on? I couldn't, and decided I won't and wouldn't do that. So, I took a break. I took a real step back. This step back felt lonely, empty, and hopeless. (laughs) Nothing seemed to make me feel better, and due to the circumstances and events that occurred in a sequential order, I felt I was completely abandoned by God, my creator. The person I was told loved me without a doubt, unconditionally. How come, in my hardest times, did I feel that he had gone completely silent? Today, I want to discuss God and his influence and the connections we make throughout our lives. If you yourself believe in God or don't, I encourage you to stay for the podcast. While I believe in God, I understand some might believe in something else, maybe a higher power, energy, etc. Whatever it is that you believe in, the goal of this podcast today is to develop the understanding that there is someone, something, somewhere, looking out for you, even when you feel that is not the case. I'd like to start by giving you a backstory as to where I've been the last few months. Towards the end of November, I felt as though I was on cloud nine. I was newly medicated, I had returned from a wonderful trip to San Diego, and I was thriving at work. My motivation to reach for success was high. Due to this, I think I naturally started to seek God less and less. I find it annoying and concerning that in the times when I am happiness, happiest, happiness, honestly same thing, I forget God instead of find the gratitude that I have for God. Can any of you relate? (laughs) I sure hope so. Um... Like, not in a bad way for God. Like, I don't, I don't want that for God. I don't want you to relate because I, sorry. I do want you to relate because I think that's going to create a connection. But I also feel bad for God. But I love him and he's fine. Well, I can't speak for God. Oh my gosh. Hey, I love you. That was me talking to God. I do that a lot. But um, anyway, this is a really fun tangent. Do you think God goes on tangents? I wonder. Anyway, as time went on, I found myself becoming more and more sad. I was choosing to cut off the most important connection in my life, my connection with God. Noticing this was concerning to me. It was then that I started to redirect my thoughts to Him. I studied more, I prayed more, 
and I sought him more often. Yet, I never felt him. I never saw him. And my heart was broken. <laughs> this made me angry. I was pissed. Why? When I was trying so hard, did it seem as though God was hiding from me? Was I not valuable to him? Did he have a plan of happiness for everyone else and not me? There were all these questions I struggled with internally and externally. <laughs> Sadly, these questions created a sense, of, a sense of worthlessness. I was forgotten by God, so what was the point? Being, well, feeling as though you are forgotten by the person who is the most powerful, the most loving, creates a sense of despair I can't really explain. I began to analyze every single relationship in my life. I questioned those closest to me, those who said they loved me most. I likewise questioned those that seemed to reach out when it was convenient, when they were lost, when they needed a shoulder to cry on. It was in these moments that I realized that my time was being given to those who used me versus to those who truly loved me. I needed to prove my worth, so I took on the weight of the world. I sought control in out-of-control situations. I presented myself in ways that seemed as though I was stable, capable. I took on the role of God, and because I am not God, I crumbled. I fell. The weight of the world crushed me. It was after this continual crushing that I decided I didn't want to live anymore. That's kind of big. Now, I'd struggled with thoughts of ending my life for a while. I feel as though it's not uncommon with any form of mental illness. I wanted to escape. Badly. I wanted to be with God face to face. Maybe if he saw me, he would, he would remember me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be forgotten. I wanted to feel him. To hug him. It sounded nice. Nothing happened really. And I'm lucky in that way. I have great supports and encourage everyone to find at least one because it makes a difference. People notice our sadness. They really do. We feel so alone. But they want to help. And if we as sad people don't choose to connect with them, we won't connect. We must always choose to connect, to ground ourselves in the love that is surrounding us. Towards the end of January, um, I was still feeling pretty devastated. I was still heartbroken. Something was missing. And I would yet to feel God consistently. I would yet to see his hand ever. He was still silent, or so I thought. Looking back now, I see that his love was there continually. I see now that his hand never left my presence. I just couldn't see it. Being able to see it came with an incredible experience I'd like to share with you now. As mentioned, I was still feeling rather devastated towards the end of January. I felt at this time that a safe place to escape was a good idea. So my family and I headed to the happiest place on earth, dot, 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 not Disneyland, it's Bear Lake, Idaho. 
it's the most beautiful place in the world and it is where I feel the closest to God. But when I got there, I, I was expecting to feel relief as soon as I saw the lake. I was expecting a weekend of pure bliss, happiness, and valuable quality time. I was expecting to feel relieved. To say that's not what I was feeling is putting it lightly. Everything seemed to crash down around me. A continual theme. I fought with people. I felt sick, angry, and unhappy. I felt isolated. I felt chaos. And as if I was the cause for the chaos. And, you know, the cause us. That was, that was not good. I was trying to make a pun. Chaos. Chaos cause, cause, cause us. I feel like it would have to be cause us, but that's just not good. It's not really a pretty pun. So I'm a little embarrassed and we're going to move on. Um, and so, as I said, moving on, there was one night in Bear Lake that was harder than the rest. I was sitting in the upstairs loft, crying my eyes out, a typical occurrence, and pleading with God to speak to me. I needed him to guide me, to show me that he was there. It felt like a matter of life or death. It was. Suddenly, through tear-filled sobs, I heard the words, Boise, exchange, and retreat. I was confused. I started, I, I kind of started analyzing and decided that that meant God wanted me to go into a care center and questioned if that care center would be in Idaho, which was really random. Um, it was then quickly thereafter that I realized he meant I needed to go and visit a friend who lived in Boise, which I'm grateful for because I don't think I would have done well at a hospital in Boise. Anyway, a friend I had gone um, on many exchanges with while serving my mission. And for those that don't know, an exchange is basically just a time where you spend extra time with a new person so that you can get away from the hard companions or the good ones. But for me, it was mainly for the hard ones. Um, so she was a constant source of light and love on my mission. And she continued to be that after my mission as well. So I texted her and immediately decided I would see her that upcoming weekend. I felt grateful God had answered me, but had no idea what the purpose of going to Boise would be. Uh, the week following this bear lake, lake trip, the bear lake, lake, oh gosh. See, here's the thing. Fun fact about being analytical and just, you know, judging yourself every time you talk. Um, every time I mess up on a word, my brain says, huh, you messed up on a word. And then um, I'll hyper-focus on the word that I messed up on. And then I go on tangents like this. So nothing new for those listening, but it is something that I felt like I should explain. Um, anyway, the week following this Bear Lake trip was hard. I said goodbye to some of the most important influential people in my life, coworkers and clients, as I was stepping into a new job role um, with new people. It was exciting, but nerve-wracking at the same time. I was saying goodbye to clients who connected with me more than most. I cried every single day of the week leading up to my trip, um, and when the day came to go, I had a 30-minute panic attack. I started to predict how my friend Paige would react. Would she notice that the light had gone out? Would she notice that I was broken beyond what seemed like repair? Would she love me less for where I was at? Rationally, I knew the answer was no. If anything, she would love me more deeply, but I was still stressed. I spent the four-hour drive listening to Pitch Perfect, a classic if you ask me, um, eating flaming hot Cheetos, sour punch straws, and doing anything to keep my nerves settled and my body awake. I felt excited, yes, but when you're sad and failing to feel purposeful and loved, there's an overall doom and gloom that occurs. And around 3.45 p.m., I pulled up to the house Paige was in. Looking back now, I see I pulled up to the place. I got to see God again. 
The happiness surrounding Paige was immediate. I quite literally felt my energy levels go up by 45%. I didn't actually calculate that. I don't know how I would, but that just felt like a good number. I was in the presence of someone I knew loved me. It's crazy what that can do for our soul. Now, side note, I'm making it seem as though I'm the sad girl without love. That's absolutely not the case. I have an incredible fiance who loves me deeply, as well as family and friends who love me and works so hard to show me. But for some reason, my heart really struggles to believe them. Um, I think it's one of the most powerful ways the adversary uh, attacks us and attacks me specifically. He uses um, those thoughts regarding my family in my mind, and it makes me feel really out of place. So it's not that I don't feel that they love me, and it's not that they don't try to love me. I'm just very difficult to um, be receptive to that. And so when I say, you know, I haven't felt loved in so long or whatever, it's just, it's different, if that makes sense. Um, and I'm so, I'm so eternally grateful for my family and for my fiance and for my friends that are so patient with me in, in those moments. Um, Paige and I, we connected, we talked, we discussed, we reminisced on some of our happiest times. It felt good. Throughout the night, I was introduced to her roommates. One in particular felt very familiar, as if I had known her my whole life. Now, God is really good to me in the sense that he will literally make people that need to be in my life glow. Um, And those people that have glow, like do glow, have remained... um, and have been the most prominent examples of happiness for me. Um, And this glow uh, was needed. I hadn't really experienced a a large one since my mission, and so it it was very necessary. And this glow belonged to a gal named Aubrey. We immediately connected, and it truly seemed as if I had known her in a previous life, which I I believe I did. Um, Throughout the night, conversation between Paige, Aubrey, and myself became deeper, more vulnerable. We were creating connections, connections of shared experiences. It's in my personal opinion that these connections helped us all to feel less alone. Have you ever had a moment where someone says something and you immediately feel as if someone understands you? I had that moment with Aubrey. Um, She said something similar to and along the lines of, I think you need to be here because people need to love you. I was completely taken back, and it was in those words that I felt I was being hugged by God. I heard the words, I have been preparing this for you the whole time. God wasn't silent because he didn't care. God wasn't silent. He was simply preparing things for this very moment, and it was here that I saw that clearly. Years ago, he placed Paige in my life, and he knew that she would remain a comfort to me. He sent me Benjamin, who was supportive and encouraging of my last-minute decision to leave for Idaho, and he prepared parents that trusted me and saw good in people in ways I couldn't. He prepared Aubrey to study attachment styles, sadness and likewise gave her moments that were similar to my experiences and those allowed us to connect better. I see now that despair, sadness, and trials are pivotal because we need those moments and experiences to connect with people who will connect us to God. 
They connect us to God. This weekend, I saw him in ways I hadn't. God placed a person in my life who would feel, fill, avoid, with the intent of pointing me back to him, to my heavenly father. He placed a forever missionary along my path, and I simply don't have the words to express all that that means to me. I'm grateful beyond measure. And towards the end of the trip, we laughed. We danced to Where Does the Good Go by Tegan and Sarah. We got great food. We bonded, all three of us, best friends. We were all in a space that was safe, happy, and, well, a retreat. That part of God's prompting a week before finally made sense. I needed to go on a vacation to reconnect with my inner spiritual gal. And I'm forever grateful for the way God took time to plan opportunities for me to grow. I'm grateful for the fact that he was still near me even when I felt he wasn't. I can testify to you with my entire being that God is in the details of every single hard moment, making it better for your good. This is where we must continually use our faith. And if you don't believe in God, I promise there are people who need you to connect with them. There are people who relate to your experiences and who have gotten through the hardest times. There are people who need you. So please, stay. I have enjoyed talking today and hope you are able to feel something stirring within you, whether that's a new desire to make a connection or simply an understanding that you belong here. Please know I love you and I am proud of you. Aubrey said recently, there are miracles in the madness. What are some of yours? Share them with someone. I bet they need to hear it. God is good. If you don't know God and would like to, just talk to him. If you have lost a connection with God, but wonder if he misses you, ask him. And if you feel he is not necessary in your life, I get that. I understand it, and so does he. He's sending people to you either way. I believe that, at least. Thank you all for listening. Remember to follow us over on the Millennial Illness page and reach out if you ever need anything. I testify of the power of connection. The connection I made this weekend saved me. I believe a connection can save you too in whatever way you want to interpret that. As always, remember, vulnerability... Oh my gosh, I just messed up. As always, let's redo that. As always, remember, vulnerability brings forth connections and connections bring forth change. I am so glad we could connect today and hope to do so soon. Bye guys.